Welcome to Communication on Point podcast. I'm your host, Dean Hefta. On this episode, we're talking about the power of your reputation and how you can build a powerful personal brand. My guest today is Oliver Oust. He's the author of the upcoming book, Unignorable. He shares his insights on his process for helping people clarify and communicate their brand to the world around them and what we can do today to become unignorable. Let's get started. Oliver Oust, welcome to Communication on Point. Thank you, Dean. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for this topic because in my experience, everything that we do communicates something to the world around us. And, you know, people make mistakes or maybe don't realize that. And you've seen a lot of uh, high-level executives, CEOs, people building personal brands do it in good ways and maybe ways that aren't exactly what they intended. And I'd love to know, what are some of the mistakes uh, or maybe misconceptions that people have around the message that we send to the world around us? That's a really good question. I think the first point I would make is that uh, it's really important to recognize that our reputation is very valuable and we all have a reputation. So if we have a reputation, why not have one that we love and that we can you know, take care of? And I think that's the first point uh, that often people ignore, especially executives or, or otherwise, that we think that um, you know, a reputation takes care of itself or our work will speak for itself. And frankly, it doesn't. And uh, I stumbled over a quote by Steve Martin that he um, basically said in a 2007 episode of the Charlie Rose show, he said, uh, when asked about, you know, career advice, he said, be so good, they can't ignore you. I think that made a lot of sense. And maybe you know that this quote was popularized by Cal Newport in a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And, you know, it's a great quote. Uh, And Newport argues in the book, uh, along with Steve Martin, that don't follow your passion, focus on developing the skills necessary to succeed. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. But when you look around, you know, I think it's only part of the equation, especially now being executive or just a freelancer or running your own business. It's not enough just to do good work. We will just not be recognized. And especially in this day and age where everyone's job has changed and all of our jobs will change. So I think it's really important not just to do do a good job and, uh, you know, highlight uh, what we can do, but also um, that we do great things and talk about it. I think the work hard and let the work work speak for itself attitude was was great in the 20th century. We all um, worked in the same place and in the same profession, the same town all of our lives. But today, more likely than not, we will have 10 or more roles in our career. So I think it's great to recognize that we have a reputation, we take care of it, we build it in the way we love, and it feels authentic, and we choose the tactics and strategies that work for us. So when you mentioned it worked great in the 20th century. Um, I was thinking about how the internet has really changed what it means to have relationships. And like you said, you know, it used to be the people that you worked with, maybe you had worked at a career for 30 or 40 years, you got to develop that type of reputation. Um, but right now you've got this distributed workplace model. You've got people working from home. You've got people that might be you know, living in Switzerland and working for a uh, Spanish company that has clients in the U.S., right? So how do we become more intentional rather than accidental in about building that reputation? That's a really good point. I think um, starting to take care of your reputation is the first step. And then 
we obviously coach a lot of people. We do a lot of workshops and trainings, and even more so this year with Corona. A lot of people got interested in the subject, and we went in as usual uh, and teaching a method, as as you do as a consultant, as as a coach. Um, that tends to work quite well with CEOs and, and senior executives because they go to into, into a training, they expect a method, and they're willing to implement it because they understand it's it's important for their job. If they don't understand it, they wouldn't book the coaching or they wouldn't uh, you know listen to what you have to say in the first place. So if they're open to suggestions, they usually want a method and are happy to implement it. Now, for a lot of other people who got interested in the subject of reputation building and branding this year, that is unfortunately not the case. So what we recognize is that teaching a method uh, is not uh, enough on its own. You need the motivation, you need the mindset, and you need a message. So when you look at those four, um, and starting with motivation, because unless you have the motivation, you wouldn't go on this journey. Motivation is, is basically asking yourself the question, why? Why do I want to build a personal brand? Why, why do I want to take care and charge of my reputation? And there are probably some very obvious answers to that. For some, it's I want to give my uh, my career boost. I want to get that promotion. I want to win more clients. I want to be oversubscribed in my business. All of those are really good. But often there are more sort of deeper psychological notions as well. Uh, maybe we need to provide for our families. Maybe we um, you know, want to be relevant. We want to be recognized for the work we are doing. So having your motivation uh, clear to you uh, is, is uh, the first step, I would say, once you decided to be on the journey. And the second one is the mindset. And that's obviously the sort of mental hangups we all have about building a personal brand. And I had those as well. Um, the reason I got into this 10 years ago was that I left my corporate job, um, you know, in the wake of the financial crisis and uh, I had a really good job. I was you know, on a steep career path in the corporate world for 10 years. So I had to leave that because there was a CEO change and management shakeup. Um, so I left a very high profile company and had a very good position there and um, uh, started out on my own. So basically set up my company as a communications consultancy, moved from London to Berlin to my native country. And uh, thought, well, only have a few months of, you know, uh, living expenses in the bank. Um, people only know me through my, you know, former corporate jobs. They don't recognize me as a consultant, as a coach who could come in and help uh, build reputations and protect reputations. So I started to become very interested in the, pers in the personal branding aspect of the profession. And... Um, a few years ago, um, I had another sort of mental hang-up where I thought, you know, we're doing quite a lot and we're doing enough. And by then I'd built a great team. And my colleague Lena said, you need to do more. We need you to be out there and build your personal brand even more. And that's when I started sort of addressing some of my own mental hang-ups and uh, mindset issues with the topic of personal branding. Because I think like many I was taught, you know, don't toot your own horn. Um, you know, let the work for it speak for itself. Um, you know, social media is a waste of time, et cetera, et cetera. So addressing all of those um, mindset issues has really helped me over the last few years. And that's why I think I can relate to everyone who, who has sort of the same or similar uh, considerations. And then the third M after motivation mindset is obviously the method. And that's something I talk in the book, Unignorable at Length, sort of the method uh, of getting it done once your motivation mindset are clear. And the fourth one is the message, which is really uh, the answer to the question, what problem do I solve for whom and why should they care? That's very, very helpful. And I love the fact that you've gone through this journey, this experience yourself, uh, and you're kind of forced into it because of the building of your company. But even if somebody isn't building a company, if they're just working on becoming more 
prevalent, um, getting more people to know about maybe they're inside a Fortune 50 company and, and that's an ecosystem in itself, a whole world in itself, and I need to be known. So you mentioned something that I think is a very common uh, mindset hangup, and that is this don't blow your own horn. Mm-hmm. What are some ways, if I wrestle with that, you know, I let's say you gr- grow up and your parents tell you, you know, don't brag about your accomplishments and <laughs> You know, all of those things. And so kind of this instilled humility, which in itself is not a bad thing, but it can end up maybe hurting you in the long run. How do you get past that don't blow your own horn thing when you think about building reputation and becoming more known? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the first thing is recognizing that it's now part of our jobs. So there's nothing icky about it. It's just the way the world works. So if I, um, you know, um, do a great job, but also talk about it, it's basically um, just I'm just doing my job, whether that's uh, me being part of a big organization or me being self-employed or running a business. Um, secondly, I would say that um, if you, especially if you lead a team or you're running a company, uh, a lot of times people don't want to do it because they think it's uh, there's no I in team. You know, I don't want to take away from the thunder of the team, and that that's perfectly fine. But as the leader, I think it helps the whole team if you're recognized and being recognized as the leader of a great team. So you can um, sort of reflect that back onto your team members in a positive way and also encourage them to be more visible. There's no reason why only one person, organization or team can be visible. In theory, it can be everyone who wants to be. So there's no I in team. Yes, but there's me. And uh, I think it, it, it makes sense for everyone to not see building a great reputation as something that uh, contradicts you being a team player. Also, you want to make sure you take the self out of self-promotion. Building a personal brand or reputation is not a vanity project unless we make it one. It really is about others and about being in service to others and what we can do uh, to, to help others. Identifying their problems and offering solutions that are you know, valuable to them. And that, that sort of ensures that it's not really about us uh, explicitly, but it is about the people we want to serve and identifying the right audience we want to reach. And I think that that's, that's probably the main part that, or the main hang up that holds people back, that they think this is a vanity project, uh, but it is not. And maybe lastly, that um, just recognizing that we all have a reputation. Whether we take charge of it or we don't take charge of it, we have it. People talk about it. We have a reputation offline and online. So if that is the case, why not make sure, as much as I possibly can, that people see me in the right light? Um, So I take charge of my reputation, uh, and that means I can build a reputation I love. And that's way, you know, um, I think way preferable uh, to um, letting other people decide what my reputation or personal brand should be. Well, that's a a great point because... There's always going to be a story told. And so are you going to let other people tell it on your behalf? Or are you going to be the one that authors that story? And people will fill in the blanks and they'll tell themselves stories. I know when I began my career early on in it, I had a, a coach, a sales coach, and we were doing some role playing and some work. And it was really hard for me to talk about myself at the beginning. And that was all about mindset. It's like, well, I'm not important. What's the point of me talking about myself? And he said, it isn't about you. It's not about bragging about you. It's for the sake of the client. They need to have the trust and the connection and understand who you are. And so that helped me get more comfortable in being able to let others know, who am I? And uh, it shifted my mindset. And I think that same thing on the social media side or telling your story out in public is if you shift away from what you just described here, 
It isn't about promoting myself. It's really for serving others and for me to serve them with my message, with my skill. They have to understand the story and they have to know about me. And, and certainly that is a huge mindset shift that can really, I think, be freeing for people. That's right. And we're not talking about adding to the noise. We're not talking about getting into the social media hamster wheel. And I specifically recommend not doing that um, because there's enough noise out there. There's enough uh, content out there. But be really strategic and systematic about how we go about building a personal brand. And I think that's where, where a lot of people struggle. Um, there's a lot of sort of tactical advice, how we can be better on LinkedIn or reach out better to potential clients on LinkedIn or how we play Twitter to our advantage and all those sort of tactical things. And I'd like to start at a more systematic and, and um uh, you know, strategic level to ensure that we develop a strategy that not just works for us, but that also feels authentic and something we actually want to get up and do. And, you know, for me, it was writing books because, you know, since since my you know, earliest days, I wanted to write and loved to write. I had a typewriter at home when I was a child that my dad brought back from the office. And I just liked to write and, and like to read books as well. So I always saw myself as someone who could maybe write a book one day. And uh, so I made that part of my personal brand because I enjoy it. And the other thing I noticed is that um, I really like talking to people, just like we are talking now, rather than talking at people. So I'm not a huge fan myself of webinars or going on stage and talking at people. I'd much rather be in a conversation or discussion or a sort of interview situation where several people just talk about ideas and, and how we can sort of serve our, our audiences better. And, and that is such an important part because you can then maximize for energy. And if you maximize for energy, you will actually have some consistency in building your brand because we all know that uh, you can make big steps forward in a few weeks if you really uh, put your mind to it, but it will take persistent effort to actually build a personal brand over time and make it sustainable. You, you, you know, you have to do something pretty much most days in order to sustain it. So if you engage in um, opportunities and if you engage in activities that you, that you like, that give you energy, it just makes it so much more likely that you will be successful. And as I said, for me, it's podcasting. For me, it's um, writing books or you know, being part of discussions rather than talking at people or maybe uh, you know, publishing articles every day. Um, I, I much rather create something that is longer form or maybe shorter form and short posts. And I think it's the same for everyone. We all have activities and tactics when it comes to communications that give us energy and we have those that drain us of energy. So that's why I think all these one size fits all models don't really work. And I start my unignorable model with, uh, okay, what works for you? What gives you energy? Why do you want to do this? And what will really help you? Because I think that will help, uh, you know, building a sustained brand that you can enjoy and, and reap the benefits of for many years to come. That's an important thing that the approach is tailored to the individual because they have to they have to feel it's the right approach. There's some people that have built amazing brands on Twitter, right? And yeah. and that's, you know, a couple of sentences is all you can write. I mean, it lasts for, you know, what do they say? A, a tweet lasts for 15 or 20 minutes. And that's a very different approach than maybe building a brand by writing articles on Medium or, you know, doing you know, full book authoring or things like that. And so each person has their own approach, but let's take a person, a character here for a minute. Let's say I'm a mid-level manager inside a thousand employee manufacturing company, and I want to become more known um, because I think I can help more people inside my company. I think I can help more people in my industry. What are some things that I could be thinking about in my approach those disciplines that you talked about that that kind of daily commitment what are some things that i should be thinking about 
if I want to increase my reputation and become more known? Yeah, great question. I think, fortunately, a lot of companies today um, actively seeking out corporate influencers, or at least those within the company that are sort of speaking to the rest of the world about the company. And that's very different from five or 10 years ago, as, as you know, where most companies uh, prevented employees from talking about the company on social media, for instance. So, so today it's much more recognized or even promoted uh, in, in, you know, sort of by, by recognizing corporate influencers. So if your company has a corporate influencer program or something like that, you know, I would encourage you to join that and go to the communications team or whoever is in charge. Like, great, I want to be part of this. I love this company. I'm an engaged employee. I want to tell the world about what's good about us, what's good about the product or my life in the company. A lot of people do that. I mean, from crane operators to production managers to uh, software developers. So for every uh, audience, for every sort of profession, you have some bloggers or vloggers or uh, influencers, corporate influencers, who really opinion leaders in their space. So if you're inclined to do that, great. Make that happen. Uh, join that program if you're in your company. If such a program doesn't exist, maybe you can suggest one. And if your company uh, still one of these old-fashioned dinosaurs that prevents employees from talking to uh, talking on social media or even mentioning the name of the company on social media, maybe it's time to consider a change or maybe to hopefully bring about some change in the company. Because if you know if the if the employees, the basically the best ambassadors you can you can wish for in a company, are not allowed to talk about the company, the company will suffer. Because without visibility, there can't be trust. And without trust, there can't be clients. So if your company is that old-fashioned, it may be hard for it to sustain that approach in the long term. So if you can change it from the inside uh, or join the corporate influence program, and if it's really that old-fashioned, maybe consider change to some more modern environment. Your point there is very interesting because a friend of mine who is very successful uh, in the world of uh, manufacturing technology, the company that he was working for, he he wanted to get the word out about insights and the things that he was doing and how he's being helpful to clients and things like that. And essentially, the the leaders of the company came to him and said, you need to stop doing this. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they, they didn't want him doing it. And I think part of it was not only this older um, company mindset, but also some fear that we don't want any of our quote unquote, lower level people becoming too prominent. And so end of that story is he ended up leaving and he found a company that embraced his desire to get the message out. And so today he's able to use his desire to be using the social platform as a part of his role with their company, uh, gaining new clients. And so that is a real mindset that's maybe even a warning for leaders in companies that are fearful of allowing their employees to, you know, get on social media and talk about, you know, what they're doing and who we are. Keeping good people down is, that's not a good strategy to keep them for sure. I, I can totally relate to that. I mean, I've, I've seen cases like that and it almost, almost always ends with a person leaving because they feel that they're not being recognized or they're being kept down. And, you know, none of those things is, uh, you know, conducive to a great working environment. So you wrote a book that's coming out called unignorable. I know writing a book is a lot of work and it really is a, a commitment that you make. Why did you write the book? 
So at the beginning of this year, I did not expect to write a book. It was the last thing on my mind. Um, I published two books last year about CEO communications. And uh, I thought, you know, that will do for a while. That was quite a big chunk of work. And then Corona happened. And uh, all of a sudden, two things happened. First of all, some windows of time opened up because projects got canceled and delayed. You know, like everyone else, I was sitting at home during the uh, lockdown. So I thought, okay, well, how can I use my time wisely? And then the other thing, the other component to this was that I saw a lot of people being laid off, being put on furlough, uh, just worried about their jobs, their career, and really great people, you know, friends, family, people around me. I think we all heard these stories. We all know of these people. And I thought, okay, what can I do to help them? How can I use what, um, you know, I've been practicing with CEOs and, and big organizations for the last 10 years and help, you know, freelancers or, you know, the freelance designer or small business owners or people who are in big organizations uh, want to take the next career step, how can I help them with those sorts of methods? And, um, you know, just started to record some video courses and uh, then transcribe them into a book. And it started to develop into, you know, the unignorable notion. And I mentioned at the beginning the quote by Steve Martin, be so good, they can't ignore you. And I thought, okay, if you take this further, what does it mean? It would mean that you become unignorable. And... Personal brands are not built on perfection. They're built on progress. I think it's always going to be a process. So one shouldn't be put put uh, put off by the notion that, okay, I, I can't be unignorable or maybe I don't even want to be unignorable. But you can go from invisible to being visible, to being remarkable. And if you really want to, you can then become unignorable. And in my sort of hundreds of conversations this year about the subject, I think a lot of people now recognize that this is an important area. And if they want to stand out and, and be valued and also get the clients they deserve and have the life they deserve, um, it does make sense to invest at least to some extent in your personal reputation. And so the notion and the idea of the book Unignorable was born. And um, it's coming out on the 13th of October, uh, the usual channels. And um, I hope it will find its way into the hands of people who could really use um, some, some advice, maybe in terms of the mindset, the method, the motivation and the message of personal branding and building your own reputation. You've worked with a lot of CEOs and influential people, as well as people that are working on growing the, the awareness of who they are and what they do. Do you have a, a, a client without naming names, but somebody in mind that you're really proud of the transformation they made or the progress that they've uh, achieved when it comes to their personal brand? Yeah, absolutely. I have um, so relatively young client who inherited uh, a large fortune, um, you know, family company, big family company, and uh, while being very young, got under a lot of, you know, suffered from a lot of reputational issues due to basically inexperience. And that person we've helped uh, over the last year to um, sort of, you know, get out of that hole and build a name for herself that is fair, that is more accurate, that's more balanced. And I think it's very easy today to be sort of tarnished on social media or in the, you know, tabloid media. And often it's not fair. So I'm quite proud of, you know, me and us as the team helping people getting out of those sort of reputational issues and managing to, um, you know, to, to show the world more balanced, uh, balanced face and the more balanced recognition of what they've been doing. And, you know, maybe as, as another example, I have a friend who for uh, a long time struggled in the job because he, he's, he's in aviation and uh, aviation is obviously quite tough at the moment, has been for a few years. So it's a tough business. I used to work in the aviation industry, but my friend, um, you know, had to have long commutes to his, to his job and, you know, two small children. So it wasn't optimal. So I helped him with his personal reputation so he could get a better job 
close to his family so he can stay with his family he can live with his family rather than just commuting five days a week which is not great if you have a family and two small kids so that's more on a personal level where i'm you know quite proud of could help a friend and and uh, you know his, his personal situation has improved so much you know underlying all of this that we've talked about and, and i think those stories are inspirational to each of us you know hearing people being able to recover from maybe uh, establishing a brand that they don't really want established and, and showing us that, hey, there's a way out of this and we can begin telling a positive story to replace those things. And underlying all of this is the word reputation that you've used several times. And I, I don't want to miss the opportunity to really define that because it's it's one of those words that's easy for us to assume everybody knows what it means. But when you think about reputation, what does that mean when it comes to our personal brand? What is reputation? Reputation is what people think about us or say about us when we're not in the room. And the advantage of having a great reputation or even a personal brand is that we are on people's minds, even if we're not in the room. So if our reputation is positive and we have a strong personal brand and people think about, okay, who could help us solving this problem? And our name or our company comes to mind then the right opportunities will come our way and the right context will come our way. And this is also for me a big motivation. And that's why I invest you know, a considerable amount of time in building my reputation and protecting my reputation. Because it's, I find it very tiring as a small business owner to constantly chase business. And you know, for, for all small business owners and freelancers out there, I think it has been pretty tough this year for most of us to find business. And the upside of having a strong reputation is to uh, that the right opportunities and the right people come your way because you are top of mind. We are sort of in their thoughts when they think about a certain problem. We are being associated with solving certain problems. And for me, that problem is certainly that, that I can solve or we can help solving is reputation. So if you want to protect your reputation or build your reputation, hopefully people will think of us. And um, that's why I invite people who are building their reputation to think about what problem they solve, ideally in one sentence or ideally in one word. So very succinctly, what problems do we solve for whom and why should they care about what we have to offer? With good answers to those questions, we're already very far advanced in you know, building our personal brand because that clarity is worth quite a lot. I love that definition because uh, it really gets to the heart of it, but it also introduces a little bit of a conundrum. So it's what people think or say about me when I'm not there. And how do you go about finding out what people think or say about you if you're not there? How do I get that type of feedback? That's that's a really good point. I think there's there's of the technical aspect where you go on Google, you go on YouTube, you go on Amazon and look for you know, just search your name, social media channels, obviously. So what does Google say about you? What, you know, are you on Amazon? And if you're an author, you will be on Amazon, which is, which is really helpful. You can make sure you're on YouTube by posting some good videos and make, you know, hopefully ensure that some people will watch it. So that's sort of technical element, sort of a quick audit of, okay, uh, what's my visibility online? What do people see when they, um, uh, when they look for me, when they search my name, do you actually, do they actually find me? Do I have a personal website, for instance, where I can, you know, um, put put forward my vision, my story, my values, my offer. Um, and, and all of that sort of is the homework I would definitely recommend having, your you know, being findable on all those major channels and having your own personal website. I think all of that is really important. Maybe even have a newsletter and make sure that you end up in people's inboxes, uh, at least of sort of your minimum viable audience, the hundred or thousand people can really make a difference to you or your business. Now, then there's the slightly less tangible part of it that you mentioned. 
how can we actually influence what people think or say about us? And of course, we can't really directly influence that. We can only increase the likelihood that they will say and think good things about us by doing good things, living up to our values, um, having a role model mindset, showing integrity. So if we say and believe one thing, we should also do that thing. And over time, basically build our reputation that people come to see us and trust us. And you know, the old adage in business, know me, like me, trust me, pay me. And this is so true. And this is part of why personal branding is quite important. Without knowing me, without liking me, without trusting me, no one's going to buy from me. No one's going to come to me ideally and ask me to help them with their problems. So to sum up, there's the technical part and there's the sort of intangible part, which we can only build over time by being visible and being uh, you know, authentic to our true self and our values. Excellent. So as we kind of bring this all back together, what's something as people think about their brand and the message they convey to the world that you really want to highlight, that you really want them to leave this conversation understanding? For me, it means that if you're not visible, people can't trust you. So it's a really strong case to be visible so people can trust you and then become a magnet for the right opportunities and the right people. And what I would hope people take away is that authenticity is key here because if we are not authentic, if we are not true to ourselves and our values, we are not building the right brand, the right reputation. Actually, we are attracting the wrong kind of people. We're attracting the wrong kind of opportunities. So I would hope that people go out and ensure they're visible in the service of others, but doing it in an authentic way that gives them the energy they need to sustain the effort. Excellent. So the book Un Unignorable is coming out October 13th. Depending on when people are listening to this, it may be coming out soon or it may have just been released. If people want more information on the stuff that you're working on, Oliver, or your book, where would you direct them to get connected? Yeah, um, you can go to my website. It's oliveraust.com. Aust is A-U-S-T. And uh, that's where you find uh, sort of my blog. Uh, you can sign up to a newsletter and actually you can get the my previous book, Master of Communications, for free if you sign up as a digital copy. So yeah, please do check it out, oliveraust.com. I'm very much looking forward to an awesome launch of your book, Unignorable. This is a topic that is so, so important for people to really have front of mind, especially in today's digital age and distributed work model. And I'm so thankful for you coming on and sharing your insights and your experiences with our audience here. Thank you so much, Oliver. Thank you, Dean. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, I really love your podcast. I've become a big fan and subscriber. And uh, I think your mixture of interviewing fantastic people and your own insights is just perfect. And for me, as a communications buff, uh, you know, it's, it's exactly the podcast I've been looking for. Well, I appreciate it. And have a awesome rest of your day. Thank you. Same to you.